your team, trade them out. Drag it to your mace like you never had a doubt. It's FMDT coming around for you. Cause no one really knows the way you pick like you do. Injuries or worse, suddenly retired and hurt. Get your backs, forwards and mids. Never satisfied you, boys got the shits. It's FMDT coming around for you. FMDT, 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 coming around for you. FMDT, there's nothing you can do. FMDT, coming around for you. Uh, hello and welcome to FMDT. Uh, we, I'm your host, Bart. And we're recapping three rounds of football. To help me do this is my co-host Steve. Uh, how you doing, Steve? How are you? How are you surviving this footy drought? Because it's uh, not as much football as we're used to having over the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually needed the, a few nights off to be honest. So um, yeah, fairly fairly good. Um, Lauren's working evening shift, so it would have been better if it was footy this week and maybe a break last week, but. Um, oh well. <laughs> yeah, bad timing. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I've I've climbed out of the bunker. I've uh, started talking to family and friends again, and um, no, it is it is nice because it's actually it's actually quite exhausting. I found to maintain a bit of a competitive edge in that ons- onslaught of football. Like you know, I am I am trying to keep on top of things, and it is a lot of work, especially with the team selections that come out every single. Uh, day during the onslaught and now still sort of only 24 hours beforehand yeah um, it's draining it's draining it's it's work yeah sure and yeah. work being on top of that that's <laughs> <laughs> got to stay there. exactly man yeah 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 it doesn't just uh, come out of nothing but all right we've got uh, three rounds of football to go through so um, yeah quite a lot has happened um, we haven't managed to catch up until now um, so what Steve and I are going to do is that we're going to go through and just summarize every team's last three weeks, um, talk about a shutdown and a shout out. But before we get to that, Steve, there's been quite a bit of action on the trade side of things. So sure we, we had a bit of a dry spell, actually. Um, uh, you have to look back to July 29th, which is when Nick and Alec did a deal. Um, and then we had to wait three whole weeks until uh, Cam got us back into the action again. Um, and now I think because deadlines are looming, things are getting hot and heavy. And we've had quite a lot of uh, trades recently. So uh, we'll just go through them briefly. There's quite a lot to talk through. Um, what I want to hear is who do you think won each side of the trade and just briefly why? Um, let's start off with the trade that kicked off the onslaught, which was Cam trading with Shane. And Cam, um, and, and it's kind of good doing these with the benefit of hindsight, hindsight I'm just seeing now. Cam gave <laughs> up Daniel Rich, Mark Murphy, and Charlie Dixon, all to get one guy, Josh P. Kennedy, who was meant to be out for two weeks at least, um, and got himself a little bit of a, uh, sorry, Shane got himself a little bit of a trade upgrade. Um, in the process, or did Cam get a bit of a trade upgrade? No, well, Cam, Cam got the trade upgrade. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit confusing, isn't it? <laughs> they both did. They both upgraded, um, and they both downgraded because Cam gave up the 
gave up the uh, pick round six round pick for the seventh round pick, but then he he down um, yeah down traded the later round pick. I think. Yes, he yeah. did. Um, overall, I think it's a bit of an upgrade for Cam, but not probably not by a huge amount. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. I mean, the 6th and 7th are very close, whereas the 15th and the 20th um, are a fair way apart. So it's kind of <laughs> hard to... That's, hard that's, to that's true, but let's not get stuck on dissecting the pick upgrades. We might be here all day. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think of the players involved? Um, well, I think... Cam won the trade because Kennedy didn't miss any games and he came straight back in unexpectedly. And Rich actually did miss a game unexpectedly as well. Um, well, it was unexpected to me. Don't know if uh, they knew about it. Had some soreness and, and uh, didn't come back after suspension straight away. So it looks like Cam's won the trade. Having said that, Murphy actually outscored Kennedy in the one game that's happened since. Mm. So, you know... Um, to be expected, Kennedy's been out for a while. Uh, but right now, I think Cam's uh, probably won that trade. It's so strange. It's like Cam has premonitions this season at times, knowing that Rich would be out and Josh Kennedy back two weeks early. It's just uncanny. Um, I don't know. I wanted to tell tell me my future because he knows something. Um, <laughs> and JPK being back was such a shock, I think, to everyone in the league. Um, like you said, he didn't come back too strong, but I think JPK will build. And I think, um, to be honest, I didn't mind this for Cam. This actually caused a bit of uproar in the league. I think um, a lot of people thought that Cam had given up a lot to get JPK. Um, he was probably quite happy to um, shut them up a little bit when JPK came back. Um, and honestly, I actually think <laughs> this is... Yeah. No, that was... Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe he did. Who knows? He'll say he did. You know, he'll never say otherwise. Um, <laughs> I think um, I think I actually do um, think it's very fair. I think Cam addressed some needs for Shane. Um, got himself a good centre. Um, it's one of those rare trades I actually think worked out for both of them. Um, so I'm kind of sitting on the fence here, but if I have to, I'll pick, I'll pick, um, I'll pick Cam's side for this one. So then we had our next trade... Uh, so yeah, this this kicked off a whole onslaught of trades, and someone that I never thought I would see trade this season, Glenn, popped his cherry, uh, traded with Ian Mills, uh, he gave up, uh, that is Glenn gave up, Liam Shields and Jason Johannesson in exchange for Robbie Gray and Harms, um, but got himself some nice pick upgrades in the process around 7 and 13 for his 11 and 15. So basically a straight up sellout trade, I would say. Um, I think Glenn got good value there for his players. Um, and I think Millsy got some really nice players of really big upgrades. What do you think? Yeah, so these trades should be should be win-win trades for, mm. the, yeah, for the present and for the future. Um, so I think this is uh, fits the bill nicely as a as a win win, um, nice little upgrade for Glenn from eleven to seven and fifteen to thirteen. It's it's handy, um, but you know Shields and Janison aren't absolutely in the upper echelon of players. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a win win trade. I actually liked it. Yeah, same. Yeah, I th- I, th- I thought it was good value. Um, Glenn didn't uh, destroy his team too much. All right, then we had a pretty big trade happen between Shane and Alec, um, and this one ground my gears a little bit, um, and you know you know why. Um, so I put 
an offer towards Alec for Duncan and Green, um, which was extremely similar to the offer that got accepted um, only a couple of days later, um, where Shane gave him Selwood and Cameron and picks four and six for Alex eight and 12. Um, my offer included picks four and seven. So Shane, uh, I think Alec did a bit of uh, bargaining with him and got him to pay up a little bit better. And um, it's a massive, massive get of players for Shane, I think. Um, but pretty decent draft upgrades as well. How did you see this one, Steve? Uh, yeah, I see this as a win for Alec. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to judge the future versus the present. But, you know, I think Alec's going to be loving having an extra two picks inside the first six rounds next year um, for a whole you know, full, hopefully normal season. Um, and Shane is currently seventh on the ladder. So, you know, is this the the right move just to scrape into finals? Or, you know, is he going to be happy having given up those picks if he misses finals but then wins the consolation finals and gets, you know, gets the number one pick? Well, maybe that's enough. But, yeah, I, I don't think it was too much to give up for you or mm-hmm. a top two or three team, but I think it was too much for a seventh or sixth type team to give up, to be honest. Yeah, so I was a little bit irked at the time because I thought Alec had basically chosen Shane over me, um, which he kind of did, but um, I'm happy that I made Shane pay up quite a bit more because the original trade that I got told that was going to go through was Shane trading his number, uh, his fourth round pick for Alex eight without the extra, which I think would have really been a little bit too heavily in Shane's favor. I think getting two such yeah. upgraded players, yeah, yeah, wasn't quite there. What I think Shane's playing at is that he, uh, this Sunday, uh, his finals hopes might be either um, yeah, done, done and dusted or he might still have a chance. And I think you'll see a big sellout from Shane if he's, um, if he's not going to make it in. So maybe that's what he's just going for. Uh, Hail Mary, and then if it doesn't work out, then he's just going to sell out the Sunday. Flip them all out. Okay, I see. That'll be interesting. There'll be yeah. a flurry of trades on deadline day, that's for sure. Oh, man, I, I know. I think it's going to be quite hectic, um, judging from how it's gone. So just to give you some context as well, um, last year, Steve, we had three, yes, three trades that involved draft picks. So far this season, we are up to... Um, I haven't actually counted them, but a lot more. Ten trades, yeah. Ten, Nine, trades ten, 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 correct. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which is insane. I'm sure there's going to be quite a few more to come. So um, whatever it is this season, I think a lot more people think they're in with a chance, um, which they, you know, uh, are entitled to believe, um, has <laughs> let, <laughs> led people to, um, yeah, obviously uh, uh, do a lot of trading. Yeah, and people might be a bit more comfortable with that trading draft picks idea now having you know having done that in the league for a couple of years and and seen that it doesn't really break the draft or anything like that so yeah but i agree people are probably more feeling like they're in the hunt um Hmm. the longer with this weird season so yeah so the final trade that we had another big sellout um and this is a really big sellout was glenn trading with nick and glenn gave out brad crouch and caleb daniel um, in exchange for uh, Captain McIntosh and Cotter Glass, um, he got back a round 5, 9, and 16 pick, and he gave up an 8, 12, and 13. 
so a, quite a decent upgrade in the draft for him but obviously um, not getting much back in terms of players so it's one of those trades that Glenn's team is completely done after after giving up some of these players right like there's um, these aren't play- he's obviously not going for a consolation finals win um, and it's just one of those trades that makes you think well maybe we should make the punishment for the league a little bit worse. I think I brought that up on the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a question for the league. Do do we want to see this? Are we happy? Is everyone happy and comfortable with this? Um, I'm not saying they should or shouldn't be, but I think that question's worth asking. Um, and if the answer is, yeah, we're happy for people to do this, it makes sense strategically, um, then no worries. Um I think it's it helps if you've been down the bottom of the ladder and you know what it's like and you know that um, you know you, you are looking at next year. Um, but it also helps if you've been near the top of the ladder, uh, like you are now and I was last year. And mm. it's so frustrating to see your rivals um, get these yes. guns. <laughs> so annoying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you just feel like all your hard you know, work or your good work or whatever um, is essentially being eroded by... 13 weeks of work. Exactly right. Yes, Steve. Yes, I'm feeling that. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't mind a bigger penalty for coming last, but I don't think it should be, um, you know, it shouldn't be humiliating. It's, (laughs) you know, I think it could just be a little bit of a, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really joking when I said, well, maybe you buy drinks for everyone or something. Like, Mm. just sort of a, you know, yeah, like a little bit of a penalty to cop. Maybe you have to fetch drinks for people all night as well. (laughs) While you're scribing as well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, you don't get to draft. You don't get to look at your drafts (laughs) at all. Just, yeah. But you've got to (laughs) eat the draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so, right? Even auto draft might do all right for you at that stage. Um, I don't, I don't mind that suggestion to be honest. Um, although it does, it, I guess it's another thing that really benefits people that are actually at the draft. Um, and we do have to think of something appropriate if people can't attend the draft mm-hmm. as well. Very true. Yeah, very true. Um, you said that was the last trade, but I believe there was another one that went through last night. There's actually another two, sorry. That was the last one oh. that involved draft picks. Um, uh-huh. but, but you're absolutely right. So there were two more. Um, I don't have those up right now. Oh, yeah. It was great for such a couple of nights ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. So, and then there was one that you were involved with, Steve. So let's touch on the Robbie Gray for Cochin one, um, I think. And there was no draft picks involved in that one. And I think there should have been. I think that, uh, yeah, I think um, I think Cochin is the superior player in that um, in that trade. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm I'm not too sure why Cam would take Gray unless he thinks Cochin's going to be rested every second week from here. So, yeah, I mean Cochin didn't get a good score last game, 51, but overall he's averaged over 70 for the year, which is you know 90 or so, I believe, close to 90. In the before times, so mm. I, I think mm. there's a lot better than Gray's performance this year. Um, I guess there's there's a question of him maybe being managed a bit throughout. Um, Rest, yeah, and that is a couple. 
and that is finals. So I think actually Cam's logic, because um, I did speak to him a little bit, and he actually he knows that um, Richmond have the bye in round 16, which is a finals week. So I think he's just trying to arm himself up for week 16. Yeah, not the worst strategy. He um, he also traded. Well, we'll get to get to who else he traded out. But I think you're right. He wants to win round 16. He knows he's made finals. He would love to get past that first week. So in that in that case, I don't hate it. But I think he maybe should have got a little draft upgrade or something. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I hope I'm not giving away too much of your strategy there, Cam. But I mean, I think it's public knowledge when you tell when you yeah. tell someone <laughs> when you tell the host of FMDT. <laughs> Um, so the next one was pretty massive. So this was your trade, Steve. You gave up uh, Elliot Yo, uh, Sam Menegola, and Brian Myers, and you got in exchange Taylor Adams, one of the best averaging players for the season, uh, Jared Brander, and Tom Liberatore. Um, so and Elliot Yo um, injured for a couple of weeks. Uh, so yeah, in my mind, I, I quite like this one for you. I don't think it was entirely. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it was completely unbalanced. Um, you said there was a bit of negotiation that went into it, so I probably played a part. But getting Taylor Adams, I think, is a huge boon. Yeah, um, it might hurt me in round sixteen if I'm. Uh, well, I, w- I will be playing some kind of matchup. I, I assume, unless I come eighth or seventh, I suppose. Um, is that the, that's the buyer finals? Yeah, that's very po- very possible where you are. Yeah, it is possible. So I guess that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Yo just has that injury cloud over him. He might be back, you know, next week. He, he may not be. Um, and, um, yeah, Lib has been consistent all year, so I don't mm. mind getting him in. Um, last time I had him in my team, he did an ACL, so fingers crossed that doesn't happen again, obviously. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Jared Brander, I actually kind of like him as a player. Um, he really hasn't got a great run at it this year, um, but the fact that he got selected tomorrow night and that'll be his third game in a row <clears throat> um, is a reasonably good sign because he's a 21-year-old uh, back and forward eligible this year. Probably won't be next year, but mm. yeah, I actually think this kid has quite a bit of potential in a tough-to-break-into West Coast team, so... I was happy to get him for Grind Myers, who's been really good this year, um, but wasn't absolutely locked in as a keeper for me. Um, with I think the strength of midfield at Geelong. So yeah, I think you were a bit disappointed with the amount of run he was getting through that midfield. Is that right? Yeah, it's definitely dropped off probably over the last four or five weeks, mate. Like I've seen him a bit in the midfield. I've watched a couple of Cats games. Um, but it's just such a strong and deep midfield um, at uh, Geelong, so and and that's not really going to change next year too much, I don't think. So, yeah, he's probably not going to be playing a heap of midfield time. He really should get FC um, at least, but yeah, that's actually a little bit surprising. Um, I think he's going to be a, a really good player down the line, but yeah, obviously with how stacked Geelong is at the moment, it's probably just not the right one. So you have to make those calls now. Uh, Menegola probably was, was a bit of a hard one to give up. Um, just he, I, I spoke to you about this that he might have factored into your keeper plans. Um, maybe a bit old for you as a keeper, I don't know, but obviously a very good average for the year. Yeah, he's age factored in as a 28 year old. Um, again, you know, turning 29, start next year, very strong midfield. 
he's been benefited by other players being injured this year. Like, um, you know, I think Duncan missed a game, Selwood's missed games. Yeah, he's getting old, but um, Dangerfield's been rested up forward quite a lot. Um, Narkel's been injured, Parfit's missed one or two. So it's just like there's always people mm. out. Um, so I just don't see many goal backing it up and averaging 100 next year. I think he could average 90. Um, but do I do I need to keep a 29 year old? <laughs> uh, average 90. I probably don't. Like, yeah, fair enough. On paper, okay, but yeah. It'll be interesting for me actually to see if Cam keeps either of your two boys. So Yo and Menegol are um, keeper options. Um, we'll see what he does with that. Or he might forget when it comes to draft day that he's even got them and uh, keeps them <laughs> keeps them completely random. We'll see. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I do like that one for you a little bit. And I think uh, Cam has strengthened his team for um, the first week of finals, but I think he's hurt his team for the remaining two weeks of finals. Um, so we'll, we will see how that plays out. Um, but all right, Steve, that's, uh, I think enough trade talk for today. Um, there was so many of them and I'm expecting that there'll be a whole flurry of them on Sunday as we talked about. So can't wait for that. We'll talk about that on our next episode. Uh, but let's get into this three weeks of matchups that have been building up for us to talk about. And we're going from the bottom of the ladder up, um, uh, for the most part. And we're starting with uh, your matchup. Uh, sorry, your team to look at. Lock it in. All right. So lock it in. Uh, it, it, he did. Uh, Glenn did lose all three matches uh, and was ranked 12th for overall points across the three weeks, which wouldn't really mm. surprise anyone given that the sellout mode uh, really started in earnest. <laughs> uh, so he he lost to Shane, Kieran, and me. Um, were all sort of mid table. Um, so, yeah, doesn't have a huge influence on the table. Mm. Um, so his shout-out, I will say that Liam Shields, 100 in round 12, with Glenn's solitary 100 between rounds 11 and 13. You're um, kidding. Oh, my God. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so Glenn sold high on Shields after round 12, which I think <laughs> quite a good move because he then got 58 last uh, last round mm. for Millsy. Uh, did you ever did you have a shout out boy? Um, I had a shout out to yeah, I had a shout out to Laddams, but that was sort of before he got suspended. So just to be clear to everyone who's listening, uh, we were going to record this episode last week. Um, so a lot of the things that I do have put down here uh, uh, reflect things that were happening over the last two weeks. But yeah, Laddams obviously got in, uh, suspended, so that's that's not a good shout out. But I did think that at the time he was a pretty good savvy pickup for him, um, backing up his 104 with a 90. Um, although Lysett coming in impacted him a little bit. Now with the suspension, yeah, all right. <laughs> That's still still probably the best one I could find, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Laddams gets back into the port teams from suspension straight away because yeah. there was some speculation that you know, he's broken trust and he'll be out for the season. Um, obviously, I think Ken Hinckley will just pick the team he thinks will win games. Um, but, yeah, I think he will come back, but he may not come back straight away, to be honest. Um, related to Port Power, actually, mm. my shutdown for uh, Glenn. So this, uh, as you said, we've prepared a lot of these points before round 13, and my shutdown was actually Xavier Dersma, who... I said it was fairly disappointing since his injury with three sub-50 scores in a row, and he then got dropped, uh, which 
mm. uh, kind of proves that my my thinking was aligned with uh, the coach. He was he was a bit disappointed with his form. So obviously um, he he may find his way back into the team, um, but. Yeah, no guarantee because he's he's got 33, 45, 45 in the last three weeks Ugh. and he didn't round 13. So he really dropped off. Yeah, he's been in a bad patch of form. Um, they're probably, yeah, probably going to struggle to get back in, I would think. Um, my my shutdown went elsewhere, though. Um, I, I don't know if I've mentioned uh, the fact that he's still carrying Jordan Degoe before. I feel like I might have, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, which to me is just the most standout thing in his team, is why a team at the bottom of the ladder is still carrying a guy that's probably not going to play in the regular season. Um, his, I think his outlook had him at best coming back for the final round or around there. Um, just never seemed worth it. And um, <laughs> uh, Steve, I wrote down this point um, last week. I said he might as well pick up Jeremy Howe while he's at it. And what did Glenn do? He bloody picked oh. up Jeremy Howe. <laughs> well, just to use a loophole option, I would hope. Um, I think Glenn might be thinking he's around eight keeper for him next year. Yeah, not the worst idea, actually. Don't mind it. Um, yeah. I thought crossed my mind about a month ago um, to, to consider picking him up towards the end of the season. So, well done, Glenn. If that's the strategy, then I think you've uh, done well there. I think, it, yeah, I, I, I'm i not going to crap on that one too much, but I think Jordan Degoe, he could have let go a long time ago. Um, and yes, probably and pro- probably still could, honestly. Probably yeah. still could. Um, all right, that's, um, that's all for Glenn. Do you have anything else there? No. All right, then next up, I've got Man 8 Barcelona sitting in 11th place. And Steve, the good ship Barcelona was cruising at the start of the season. They scored over 1,300 twice in the first three rounds, but doesn't that seem a long time ago now? Um, there were pretty worrying signs in round 10, where Sahil could only muster a skeleton crew of the bare minimum 14 players required. And then in the last three rounds, the ship has started sinking. In fact, send the life rafts, because it might very well be sunk now. Um, round 11 had him fielding a host of non-playing guys and inflicting a self-imposed donut on himself. Adding to that were not one, not two, but three in-game injuries, resulting unsurprisingly in the week's worst score. By round 12, he managed to only put 12, 15 people on field, and he low-scored again. And round 13 honestly wasn't much better, so to me it looks like the captain might have finally abandoned his ship. And in some ways, you can't necessarily blame him because here's the list of players that he's been missing. Um, Brad Ebert, who only came back last week. Adam Trelaw, Hayden Crozier missed a few weeks. Jack Martin missed a few weeks. Isaac Smith is still gone. David Zaharakis is done for the season. James Sicily gone for the season. And his latest cruel blow is Steel Sidebottom, not going to play again this season. Um, I don't know about you, Steve, but I think that's enough to drive anyone mad. Um, and I think he might have just taken Shane's mantle as the unluckiest yeah. t- team in the league. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That is ridiculously unlucky. Those are all very, very handy players or excellent players. So, uh, and that was all very in a pretty short, like that was mm-hmm. in about a week period. Yeah, that is crazy. That is, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of don't blame him. I think there's some. Um, uh, you know, other other stuff that he's prioritizing in his life as well. So I don't blame him for not really paying attention to fantasy football. It's not bringing him too much joy, I wouldn't think, at this time. 
Um, but I'll give him a little shout out. It was a little hard to do a shout out, but despite all of that, um, Sahil, uh, he, he was the low scorer and he had so many donuts, but he wasn't the low scorer by much. Um, that's my shout out to him is that last week he actually managed to outscore a team, um, in Glen. So well done, Sahil. You've done better than someone, even though you're not really paying attention. Um, Honestly, I also had a shout out to him of Steel Sidebottom, which is a bit of a bittersweet one because I think he'd been his best player by far um, over the last three weeks. Um, well, sorry, over the last few weeks, really. Yeah. Uh, um, but unfortunately, he's not going to be playing again this season, so it's a little bit bittersweet. What did you have one, Steve? Uh, look, I. Yeah, I had to look for a while. And I did write this after round 12, but I, mm. I found Ed Langdon, mm. uh, who I had previously torn to shreds for getting eight fifties in a row. Um, he actually managed 78 <laughs> and 88 in yeah. round 11 and 12. And then he backed it up. He's, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Back he's to back. the fifties. <laughs> you know, uh, across those two games that Melbourne won, both yep. of them, uh, 78 and 88, uh, is a good score. So well done uh. for, uh, Lifting slightly. <laughs> All right. Maybe a bit of a downhill skier then. Depends on how Melbourne's doing. I think a lot of wingmen are, to be honest. Like, that, that's true. Yeah. That's very because true. Andrew Gaff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, to his shutdowns, um, my my shutdown is, is just a very generic overall one for becoming the ghost ship. Um, where I do understand that there's probably some other factors going on, but he's obviously checked out a bit. Um, he's finding it a hard time to, uh, check when the, uh, green ticks and the red crosses are on his team. And we've been here before, Steve. Um, it was in 2015 that Nelson famously, before leaving our league, became the ghost ship, um, where he didn't set a team and became a very easy win for everyone going forward. Well, it looks like the ghost ship is sailing again under a new captain, and he's pretty much the guy that everybody wants to face now because he's effectively the walking by. Um, it does suck if you faced him earlier in the season when he was swinging and hitting those 1300s, doesn't it, Steve? Uh, yeah, but I didn't lose <laughs> I, oh, I, just right. a, I just lost to a pretty mediocre <laughs> Right. But yeah. yes, he was quite good for the first six or seven weeks. Uh, yeah, and now he's not. Um, so my shutdown was just all those injuries, which you've already covered off on, um, yeah, yeah. with a slight silver lining that Jack Martin came back with a 90 this, this week. But yeah, to lose three of his best players in one round against you, I think, was, was just atrocious luck. Yeah, it was awful. And the problem is that he doesn't have many sellout candidates either, because that was actually my point on Steel Sidebottom that I wrote a week ago, was that, hey, at least he can sell out on Steel Sidebottom. Uh, no, no, he can't anymore. Um, I think Jack Martin might be his like sole decent offer at the moment. And even he's, you know, he's <laughs> yeah, all right. Like, if I need a Ruckman, maybe. Or Ebert, maybe. Yeah, not, not great. No, it's not great at all. Um, very unfortunate times for him. But all right, uh, we'll move on to our next team, Steve. Who do you have? Oh, who do I have? I have a team that has had a, a name change. So yes. uh, the team formerly known as Dunkin' Donuts now wears my TAB 
uh, named <laughs> after Habener, I assume. Yes. Uh, so Alex's team has really dropped off, um, much like a few teams, and, and hence the sellout. He did actually drop all three games across the last three weeks to me, Kieran, and Max, um, and ranked ninth for overall points across that span. Actually, slightly higher than you might expect. Um, so obviously, this team's only headed to to the TAB or the pub. Um, it's not it's not going to be heading back up uh, the ladder, which is which is fine. <laughs> um, he's, he's got a good good draft hand next week uh, next year. Yeah. So um, my shout out was actually Mitch Duncan. <laughs> so I forgot to update that one. Uh, he's put together a fantastic season barring his injury. So obviously a good sellout candidate there. Um, I. I won't even find another one because it's it's um, not really <laughs> worth it. Um, did you I, have a? I've got one. Out? Yeah, I've, I've got a shout out. Trent Dumont. I think, oh yeah. I think yeah. Trent, Trent Dumont's gonna probably be a round ten keeper for him next year. I think he's gonna be a pretty nice one. So um, averaging eighty two for the season, which is over a hundred in the before times. Um, if he keeps that up, he'll be a very sweet round ten keeper for him. Um, I think it's been a while coming for Trent Dumont. He's one of those guys. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, been waiting for it for a while, and it's only really in the last month or so that he's strung together some really consistent scoring. Um, who knows whether that'll keep going outside of Corona Ball? But yeah, I'm sure Alec. It's probably one of the few players he's really enjoying at the moment. Yeah, I think we've mentioned him as a shout out before because I seem to just remember thinking, yeah, good, good keeper in mm. the tent. And his string of form really sits around 6, 81, 99, 91, 94. Like, he's been good for the last six or so weeks. So, yeah, good work uh, with DeMont. Um, I will say this, though. Yeah. Uh, North Melbourne have had probably one of the worst injury lists, right? Yes. Um, and on top of that, they've dropped players who were seemingly fit to play. Polek. So, Polek and Hall as well. Um, so, and... and Pittard, I think, although he's not a midfielder. But, you know, you drop those guys, you've got Cunnington out, you've had Zeebles had injuries, I think he's even playing, I, I think he's out again. And, you, you know, you've got all these players missing, so that's obviously helped Dumont and uh, Jed Anderson find uh, a lot of the ball. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I still think, yeah, guaranteed keeper. Why, why wouldn't you keep him after this year? Um, it just may not be as easy next year. Yeah. Okay. Very, very, very decent point. So yeah, a bit of uh, yeah, bit of food for thought there. What have you got as this shutdown? Oh look, I was just. I mean, again, I wrote this one last week, but it's actually got worse since then. <laughs> um, so I said Callan Ward appeared oh. to be one of the, the steals of the COVID break, mm. um, but he's actually come back nowhere near his best, scoring fifties, and then of course he broke his finger, uh, very badly. So he is now out for the season. Um, but could he actually be a keeper next year? That's the question I pose. You know, he'd be a 10th rounder as well. No. Nah. Um, nah, nah. Not touching him? No, nah, don't think so. No, nah, he's, he's, he's 30 now, is he? So he'll be 31 next year? No, nah, I, I I don't think so. I, I don't think... Ugh. Eleven back to his best, yeah. Yeah, I think... It, and especially with a lot of... Um, younger guys that'll be there at GWS in the in the pecking order. I think he'll he'll obviously get a run through if he's healthy, but um yeah I don't think he'll um he'll have the same numbers. Fair call. I'd take Dumont over Ward as well, so all good. Um alright, so 
I didn't. Ha- I didn't. I, cool, because I um, didn't. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have a shutdown. So uh, <laughs> probably a few options for, for Alex to him over the past few weeks, but we yeah. won't dwell on them. No, let's crack on to. So we're skipping up the ladder a little bit because um, we're going off of last week's ladder rankings, and I'm covering Kieran's team, uh, Rory Bontrealis. Um, who Steve? Have we mentioned that he doesn't have an Rory on his team? I think so, but it is such a great name that, uh, <laughs> yeah, he really should just trade one in. Yeah, he, he really should, yeah. If only someone had one to offer him. Hmm. <laughs> or two, actually. <laughs> ah, exactly. Wait, who's your second one? Rory Lobb. Oh, of course. Right, yeah. I was thinking, you don't have lead. Fair enough, there you go. There's a, there's a few floating around the league. All right, so Kieran across the last three weeks went uh, two wins, one loss. Um, in round 12 especially, he flexed his upside and went over 1,300 for the third time this season, which is very impressive for a team that's not actually sitting in the finals, in the top six at the moment. Um, in round 11, though, is that's a round he'll be particularly ruining because he lost by only 24 points to his great rival, Brett. And he was looking very good for the win all week until the very final game. That put a big dent in his finals hopes. Two wins later, he's still got a glimmer of hope, but he probably can't lose a game from here on out. Um, now, my shutdown goes to all his players in that fateful round 11 game. Because, um, Steve, from uh, in order from best to worst, we have Andy McGrath, Hugh Greenwood, Noah Anderson, Anthony McDonald, Tippin Woody playing footy, and Jared Harbrow, all, every single one, went below their season average, most deplorably Harbrow's 23, um, which is pretty bad when he's lost by only 24 points. Uh, he immediately went on to drop two of those guys and bench one of them in disgust the next week. So, yeah, probably not happy about that. And his team responded with the 1300 the following week. So... Abs- absolutely. Yep, coach making good changes. Um, how many weeks has he had Chase Jones in this period? <laughs> uh, zero. Ah, and that seems to go quite well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, the Chase Jones factor is real. Um, yeah, yeah, what else can we say as about Kieran that? As Kieran well knows, as Kieran well knows, Chase Jones now has something like a, a I don't know, like a 319 record um, win-loss at the Crows. Um, maybe a similar win-loss record in <laughs> as well. I would say so. I would say so. Uh, all right, did you have a shutdown for him? Is it Chase Jones? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Can't be a guy who wasn't in the team. Of course not. Um, so Sam Mays, he got suspended. He got uh, back status. Everyone was happy. Uh, well, as in Kieran was happy. And then he's come back and got 31 and 52 since then. So not really a startable option. Um Although obviously you may have to, may may have to, uh-huh. um, but uh. yeah, <laughs> that was my shutdown. Did you have a shutout? My shutdown goes to that jerk. Uh, no, did I have a did I have a what a shut shout out? I did. Sorry, I started off a shutdown, didn't I? Sorry, it just segued nicely from my recap. Um, so I've broken uh broken the order up. Yeah, my shout out went to Marcus Bontempelli. Because we so rarely actually get to mention him, despite being one of the best actual footballers out there. And Steve, it's pretty rare that a team doesn't pay him their full attention. But Adelaide decided to do exactly that, and he ripped them to shreds to the tune of 145 points. 
um, that was the week before last. And then uh, in the last three games, he's gone at 115 average, which is pretty mental. Um, bit of a joy to watch when he's actually in full flat, but probably not great when he's ripping your team apart. Yeah, kind of ironic as, as a Crows fan for Curran. Um, but yeah, he was my shout-out as well. Bontempelli's 181 in the before times and uh, backing mm. it up the last week as well, 101 against Melbourne. So yeah, has really lifted because in the early part of the year, he got 50s, 60s, even mm. a 45 against Melbourne, one of the you know weaker teams. So it's uh, a bit strange why Adelaide just decided not to pay him any attention. Um, but, nor, uh, sorry, Western Bulldogs will be thanking um, us very much because it may actually give the Bulldogs some hope. I, I don't know where they are on the ladder, but I feel like with Bontempelli in that kind of form, surely they could win a couple of games in a row. Maybe they beat the Cats this weekend. Yeah, I think... Yeah, they're, they're, I, on, yeah, 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 the yeah they're just on the cusp there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think things are coming together for him a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, good stuff for Kieran. Um, probably going to make him think about keeping him in the third round after performances like that. Yeah, I'd say he's keepable. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely given a lot of centres kept uh, in most, uh, most years. Uh, all right, did you have anything else on that one? Nope, that was it. Cool, take us away with the next one. Uh, all right, this would be me. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I was really looking forward to this after round 12 uh, because I think I'd won <laughs> four games in a row maybe. Um, but now I, I will say I went 2-1 over the three weeks, obviously the loss coming against Cam in round 13. Um, when you look at it, I only beat Alec and Glenn. It's really not that impressive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, was, I was actually fifth for points in the previous two weeks, but now I'm sixth over the last three weeks with a fairly poor score in round 13. So I, Hmm. yeah, pretty much had to beat Cam to make finals, uh, and now I am very unlikely to. I think it's it's mathematically possible, but it's just... Oh. I mean, I have to beat you for a start. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's impossible then. No, um, (laughs) no, I think, I I think, I think you're in with a shot because there's so, there's such a um, similar amount of points scored amongst the teams that are on six, seven at the moment as well. Um, Yeah, only 150 points separate them, I think. So yeah. Yeah, Between. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, I think the battle for sixth place is going to be very, very tight. But yeah, you definitely need to win this week. Yeah, so um, I'll give my shout-out to the fantastic um, and never-in-doubt Angus Brayshaw, 103 <laughs> and also 79 over the last three games. Yeah. So that's my shout-out. Oh, man, it took a while. It's like Jack Viney gets injured, they put him into playing pure inside midfield, bump up his time on ground, and they're like, oh, what a surprise, Angus Brayshaw can play football. It's like, the why? Yes. Actually a good inside midfielder. Oh. Funny that. Yeah. He's not a wingman. Oh, okay. How odd. I know. Wow. Let's, let's change his role. Oh, it's so frustrating. I saw, yeah, that was the reason why I sold on him. I didn't think that was going to change his role, but there you go. His, um, well, if, if, if yeah, if someone good one keeps playing thought him com- where he should, then I there you go. Com- yeah, I, I thought common sense would prevail eventually, and it did just as Melbourne nearly threw their season away. Yep. And now they are 
ninth on the ladder. So yeah, they've started winning, yeah. haven't they? Um, all right, my shout out to you goes to ah Jordan Dawson. So someone that you were probably a bit frustrated about having kept in the 18th round after his first five games only gave you a 58 average um, across them. Um, he didn't look like he was really hitting his straps and um, yeah, a few question marks there. But his last five, he's up to 74.3 and finally justifying why he was highly rated and a good round 18 keeper for yourself. Now, I... Can't just can't say I really know what's happened there. Do you, Steve? Has it been a role change or just found form? Uh, yeah, I think found form mainly, but he has been switched between the back line and the forward line. Um, so I think maybe he's been playing up forward a little bit more and Sydney's played a little bit better. Uh, he kicked two goals a couple of weeks ago, but he still sort of floats around the whole field um, a little bit Elliot Yo-like in that respect. <laughs> City's been playing so much better that how many points did they get last week? Well, not last week. <laughs> when they beat Dino. Um Yeah, and... that, that was impressive, yeah. 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 They had one good game. <laughs> <laughs> I think they against Collingwood, weren't they? Did um, they beat Collingwood? They, or... did, they did play Collingwood. Well, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, that's a good question. Um... <laughs> anyway, I think, I think Dawson's found four. Yeah, yeah. What did you have... Um, did you have any shutdowns for yourself? Yeah, well, I, on the flip side, I'm going to shut down um, Rory Lobb's uh, form. He has not got past 52 for the last five weeks. Uh, even though Fremantle's been playing okay, they've been very defensively minded, funnily enough, being Fremantle. Um, so, yeah, he's really he was averaging about 70 as a ruckman when I couldn't put him in the forward line, as in ruck, ruck position. Um even though he was actually playing up forward. And then he finally gets forward status, and then he starts scoring. Shit, so it's uh, a bit frustrating. Coincides with the rise of Sean Darcy, I'm thinking. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but it's not like the hit-out numbers dramatically change from, like, 40 hit-outs to 10 or anything like that. So, yeah, it's a little bit strange. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and just to our earlier point, uh, Sydney did not beat Collingwood. They It was... Uh, it was a nine-point defeat, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that great Sydney form, not quite there yet. Uh, I did have a shutdown for you, Steve, and it's to do with your unhealthy obsession with every single centre that gets named um, in in teams. So here we go. I've got a, I've got a conclusive list of all the centres that you've picked up across the last three rounds. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, Harry Schoenberg, who and, and this is the average while they were in your team. Harry Schoenberg averaged thirty-five for you. Dylan Clark averaged thirty-seven. Samuel Wicks with an average of thirty. Braden Ainsworth, your best pickup, played one game for you for fifty points. Oleg Markov with a thirty-four. Xavier O'Neill just last week with a forty-six. And then add to that. People like Jordan Clark, Jackson Haightley, Will Brody, Ed Phillips, Mitch Hibbard, who didn't even play a single game for you. Um, what's going on, Steve? Uh, why are you so obsessed with centres? I think you know why. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're hard to come by this year, and um, I, I lost um, I lost Hewitt to injury, I lost Ellis Yolman to injury and form. Um, Jack Graham to form, who, who's now back playing, so I should have kept him maybe, but he, he was out for a while. 
Um, so, you know, that's that's three players. Um, I've had Yo injured. I've had Sloan injured, but he's come back. Um, so, you know, that's that's quite a few midfielders who I've had out. Um, do you reckon you might draft a few more midfielders next year? Oh, well, I did draft 10. That's, <laughs> that's, that's actually quite a lot. Like, it's not like I just didn't pick them. I no. just picked four. I mean, yeah, but the more you draft, the likely you are to get good ones, right? Yeah, hmm. but is really anything wrong with Oliver, Yo, Zorko, Sloan, Billings, Menegol? Like, that's a pretty good first six. No, um, yeah. Yeah, you've been, yeah, a, you've, been, you've been a bit unfortunate. Um, and I think you, you did tell me that you had a bit of a revelation where maybe centres aren't the solution. Maybe you can just stick to getting some forwards or backs. Yes. Yeah, I did. I, I felt that I was trying to get that centre who can average 50 or 60 uh, in Corona Ball, um, and it wasn't happening for me, so I may as well just put a back or a forward who definitely score that um, because I actually have reasonable depth in the backs and forwards. So... Um, yeah, that's the, <laughs> this week I'll be starting both Conker and Parrish in the centre line. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's a groundbreaking uh, tactic from Steve late in the season. Um, it's been a bit funny because I, I think I've raced you for a couple of the centres this season as well, and there's a few others who are on the same on the same page. Um, so it's been quite entertaining just seeing like no centre survives basically if they're named. Yeah, and I will say this: Xavier O'Neill is there's something about him. Um, I mean, an X factor, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's got the X factor. You watch him tomorrow night against Richmond; he'll probably get a twenty. <laughs> are, you, but, are you starting him? No, no, loophole. Oh, loophole. come on! Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep an eye out on him. Uh, all right, Steve. Anything else on your team before we move on? No, no, that's it. Cool. All right. So, uh, wait, let me just scroll up here. Who do I have next? I have Shane uh, of Cornflakes. So, Shane came out with one win from the three games, but he was actually very fortunate to even get that one because uh, I assume Steve, without knowing that he was probably one of the lowest scorers across the three. He was 10th. Yes, um, it was not a good three weeks for him. So round 11, he had a tough buy round, missing Hopper, Haynes, and Jeremy Cameron, along with Hawley and JPK still out. Uh, so he got just what he needed to run into the league's worst scorer in Glen, and he won with the third worst score of the round, which went some way to making up for his crummy injury luck this season. Then round 12, he again was the third worst scorer, but no such luck. You don't get to play Glen twice in a row, mate. And round 13, he saw we saw a newly transformed team. Uh, there were some old faces back, Hawley and Duggan, uh, some new faces, Murphy, Mitch Duncan and Toby Green, plus his usual waiver wire rats who got him all the way up to the sixth best score, but he had no luck against the guy that he came up against, um, which was me. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, unfortunately, two... Major losses there puts him uh, at a precarious point where he, uh, just like you and Kieran, uh, needs to win out his remaining games to make finals. So my shout-out, though, goes to Zach Merritt, who is one of the few Bombers, I think, to come out with a fantasy score to be pretty proud of. Um, a 92 average across his last five, including a 125 last round. 
He's actually um, playing a lot more outside the packs, which you can see from the fact that he's just got seven tackles from his last five. Um, playing a nice seagull role where he just gets all those cheap, cheap possessions um, and, yeah, uh, doing extremely well at the moment. Oh, so, yeah. Just taking more mark outside, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you, what do you think, Steve? Do you have a shout-out? Uh, well, aside from Merrick's form, I uh, will just mention Will Setterfield again if we haven't before. Uh, over the last three, he went 92, 70, and 77. Um, and he is an 18th round keeper option. So yep. even as a center, I think he's, uh, he's a pretty good pick there. Yeah, that's extremely, um, extremely helpful. Yeah. And I think and he's only 22 years old. I, I feel like we've heard of him and he's been around for so long because he was at GWS. He did an ACL. He was a fantasy. Uh, cash cow last year and he's still only 22 so this guy probably has a lot of upside I think he was a top 5 draft pick Mm -hmm. originally so yeah I think he's a a real good uh, breakout candidate you know well he's broken out this year but he'll he'll continue again next year yeah definitely Um, yeah definitely good up around 18 um, and uh, yeah, I think I think it's all right to keep mentioning the same people over again. I think I mentioned Zerit a couple of times now, but you know, there's some obvious ones. Um, did you have a shutdown before I get on to mine? Uh, look, it was back in round twelve. I was just going to say his Giants, his GWS Giants, when they played Sydney. Nick Haynes got twenty five. I think we can forgive him <laughs> for had a good year. Jeremy Cameron twenty one. So I guess that's where uh, Shane made the decision to trade him. Um, so. Yeah, the Giants just uh, and, not what they used to. And Hopper uh, with a 44. Oh, see, that's nearly double. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not worthy fair. of a shutdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his giant trio were, were awful. Didn't even get 80 between them. So. It's actually funny because I, I had Nick Haynes down originally um, and I was going to say that maybe the blueprint to beating GWS as Sydney did so well was to shut down Nick Haynes. Um, West Coast didn't quite follow that blueprint, but um, still managed to smash GWS. So maybe it's not all well, that. Well, they beat by twelve points, didn't they? So maybe they should have put him put more attention on. Right. Yeah. Smashed is a bit um, much. GWS actually made up a bit of ground towards the end, although I think it was. Um, yeah. I didn't watch that game. So yeah. I, I think West Coast let them into it a bit much, but yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Um, we'll see if anybody else takes that um, takes that initiative in the future. Shane certainly hopes not, but my shutdown actually goes, Steve, towards the poor free agents that he's had recently, because I think he's lost his magic touch. Um, You know, it's well known that that he was picking up players to plug all those holes er early in the season, the Dan Butlers and the Zach Butters. Um, But the last three rounds, these are some of the names that he's had. Uh, Magic Door, Tom Jonas, and Sam Flanders, who all scored under 40. Sam Collins who scored him at 27, and Callum Wilkie, who only scored in the 40s as well. And last round, he started Ethan Hughes for a pretty paltry 37. Um, So (laughs) he hasn't really had many scorers, many free agents that have scored above 40. Um, And yeah, I think that sort of shows what the scoring he's been doing. Mm, And they are hard to come by now. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you can get lucky um, with one, but... Yeah, there's no one who's really consistently good on the waiver wire. You don't want to be relying on them in your team at this point. They, yeah, they should really have. Uh, you should have really solidified a few earlier, but you know, obviously shit happens. So, 
yeah. Ah, fair enough. Uh, all right, that's all I had on Shane. Did you want to take us away with the next one? Sure. All right. Uh, so in that, um, that's what's the word? Uh, oh. uh, uh, finals. Yes, finals position. <laughs> wasn't the way I was thinking for, but yes, in that coveted position <laughs> of sixth place. Um, yes, we have yeah. Gunston checks in. Not a uh, word you've had to. Not something you've had to think about a lot, uh, Steve. So I understand. Coveting or finals or both. <laughs> I was thinking finals, but yeah, sure. Oh, I think about finals all the time. It's, it's a bit of a dream yeah. uh, this year, but. All right, Gunston checks in. He went one and two to mm. find himself slipping from from fourth to sixth uh, across the last three weeks. Um, so he managed to beat the ghost ship, um, <laughs> but lost key matchups to higher ranked teams, Cam and Bart. You. Yes. <laughs> I am Bart. <laughs> you are Bart. Um, so he managed to get the eighth most points across the three weeks. Uh, so one and two is probably about fair reflection of that. Um, however, he uh, obviously has a key matchup in the next week or two against Shane and me. Um, so before we look ahead too much, we'll look back and say Jed Anderson has been absolutely fantastic um, with 113 and 119 over his last two games. Incredible. The -talk. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've already covered the number of North Melbourne players out, but this is, um, yeah, brilliant form nonetheless. And he was drafted very late in the 17th round, so he will be a 10th round keeper option. Um, if he'd been drafted perhaps two two live picks later, that would have been the 19th round because I assume everyone took an 18th round keeper. Um, but you know, uh, well yeah. picked anyway. Um, so yeah, nice one there, Jed and Milsey. Yeah. Did you have a shout out? I one? had the exact same one. He's been absolutely on fire. You can't go past him. Yeah. Jed Goderson. All the way. Goderson? Sorry? Yes, Goat Erson. Jed Goderson. Oh, okay, cool. Goat. The, go the, the goat. The goat. Um, is he the goat of, like, the last two weeks? Or what, what do you mean? Well, actually, so. <laughs> I mean, I've stolen that from a from a, a, a different podcast, actually. Um, they refer to him as Jed Goderson, so there you go. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. That is high praise indeed for a guy who's played about 50 games in his career. But anyway, um, my shutdown it's was... They, it's they, they, they knew it was coming. Um, sorry. Oh, I... <laughs> <Go on. laughs> yeah. My shutdown was actually his sure. Um, he got 29 <laughs> after yeah. a week off, which was appalling. Um, that was in the loss against Sydney, so uh, obviously Giants did struggle. Um, but I was just going to extend that comment a little bit further. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed or revealed if uh, if Heath Shaw's playing on next year or retiring. Um, I suspect he'll retire, um, but in any case, he, he probably has lost all fantasy relevance finally after, <laughs> what, 12 years or so of um, being on people's never-again lists and best... <laughs> Back in the comp lists and all sorts of lists, um, he is probably ready to hang up the fantasy boots, if not the real ones. He's been a good, um, he, yeah. He's provided a good few years of service, um, so yeah, uh, full credit to him. Um, my shutdown actually, Steve, went to uh, another back of his, which was Sam Doherty, who I think started off in such hot form this season that we thought, man, Millsy's Millsy's really, you know, gonna 
gonna make finals just off the back of him pretty much um i think it was a 94 average of his first five um and now his last five he's looking at just 66 so he's gone off the boil a little bit um not the fantasy pick that we thought he might be for the whole season and yeah probably just a bit disappointing um return lately yeah i think that's a really interesting point because i think it says a lot about where carlton's at as a team now Mm -hmm. um they're playing a lot better the game's not in the the ball's not in their back line as much um you know if the game is 70 percent played in the carlton defensive half like it was in 2016 and 17 then doherty would absolutely you know rack it up but Mm. this year carlton's playing a lot better um Obviously, they, they played well under Teague last year, but Doctor didn't play. So um, I think they've even got better as the year's gone on. So maybe early in the year, when he got his biggest scores, they, they might have lost a few games, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think uh, maybe Doherty's not so amazing in a, in, a, in a winning side. That doesn't mean he's not playing his role or he's not playing good footy, but he's not that fantasy pig um, that he used to be in a, in a decent side. So that probably says a little bit about next year as well. I think he's still a keeper, but um, yeah, tough decision maybe between Anderson and Doherty in the 10th round. Great. Really great point there, Steve. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. But yeah, Carlton improving is to um, to his detriment. So yeah, yep. uh, a bit to think about there, Millsy, for your keepers next year. It's going to be interesting. Um, all right. Uh, anything else on that one? Um, no, that's all I had for... Millsy. All right, I'll get on to the team sitting fifth on the ladder, uh, Brett's UN Security Council. Um, and man, this team is on a hot streak. He's, he won all three of his matches, uh, but the biggest story was his score in round 12, uh, where he took out the top score. Uh, it was my one that he um, took over. He actually... Um, he actually beat it with just 17 guys, and then his 18th one took the field and just made my score a distant memory. 14.45, which is equal to 18.06 in the before times, which is our second best ever score in the history of the league. So he deserves a fair bit of praise, and I think that's just about money in the bank for Brett. Um, I think with that, he's firmly wedged himself in the finals hunt as well. And with scoring potential like this, Steve, he's a pretty scary prospect. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure you've got him there as the number one scoring team across the three rounds. Yeah, with 4,000 points across the three weeks, he is the number one team. 4,000 exactly. Exactly. Oh, nice. The 4K. All right. Very nice. Uh, before we move on to our shout-out and shut-down, though, Steve, I just wanted to touch on some of the top scoring this season because it's an odd season. Looking at the top 12 high scores um, that we've had so far, the current top three in the league being me, Nick, and Max only appear once each, while Brett appears three times, and then even more bizarrely, Sahil twice, Kieran once, and even you, Steve, even you make it into the top 12... Um, but none of, uh, yes, yes. Uh, but none of, uh, you guys are actually in finals, those last three teams that I mentioned. So compare that to last year where in the top 12, there were only three teams, um, that featured in that, and they all happen to be in the top four in the league. So what that tells me is more than ever, it's probably anyone's game come finals. 
Uh, I know for a fact, I know that I personally have had a team that I've been pretty happy with because it's been very consistent, consistently hitting in the like high 1200s. But it's also obvious that there's a lot of teams that can beat it on their day and it makes finals a little scary. Um, so I definitely don't feel safe going into them. Um, and it probably makes sense why there's been so much trading this year because really it's like, it looks like anyone on their day can win it. Yeah, really good point. Uh, I think we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit because at the draft recap episode, um, I don't know if it did get released. I've honestly forgotten, but yes, it did. I think it did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we did say it would be pretty, pretty even this year. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got some teams really, really wrong, like Cam, um, and, and me maybe, but, um, I think we kind of said between fourth and tenth, it, it was, really hard to split people mm. um so uh, based on their draft so i think it has come to fruition i think a shorter season obviously means there's less time for the gap to, to widen um shorter games maybe do that a little bit too but yeah really interesting scoring patterns this year and like you said you are not a shoe in because your team hasn't got the highest ceiling and and more importantly there's probably about four or five teams maybe only three or four in finals that have a ceiling over 1300 so yeah it's uh gonna be a tough finals it's gonna be yeah yeah it's uh, yeah anyone could win a, a, a buy is an incredible thing to have this year um it's funny that you bring up the recap because i'm very glad that we never bet on it because i think mine would have been all over the place i think i had nick down the very bottom um yeah <laughs> so yeah very glad we never bothered with that now, onto a shout out for Brett. Uh, can't go past Luke McDonald. What the hell is this? Seriously, Steve, <laughs> what the hell is this? It's one of the biggest regrets of my life. That's what it is. Um, dropping him, uh, f- what was it, five weeks ago um, when I was faced with his uh, 49 and then a 51, and I thought, Luke McDonald, why did I ever think he was going to be good? Uh, went on to, over the last five games, average 102, which, Steve, is the best averaging back across the last five games. So he's the most informed backman. And not only that, but there's only one player that has a better five-game average in the entire league, and that's another player of Brett's, um, which is Jack McRae. And... Just think about that. Luke McDonald over the last five is out averaging Lockie Neal, Zach Merritt, Taylor Adams. Just it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It is crazy. I I yeah. I mean, of all the North players who've benefited from uh, certain players being dropped or injured, he's obviously the biggest one. He has just taken Polex points plus Pittard points plus. <laughs> You think yeah, that's what it is? He's but... just an amalgamation of these guys, just all rolled into one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's always been a good player, um, but he's very often had a lockdown role, yes, um, and or a tagging role, and now he's been let loose from the back lines. He's got a good kick, uh, so why not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here, and a definite keeper for um, Brett moving forward, I would think. Um, did you have any any other shout out for? I him? did actually. Um, yeah. It was more relevant to round twelve, but even so, I think Tom, I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seven goal effort in round twelve. He was drafted in the twenty fifth round, and he is the fifth ranked forward this year for total points. Incredible. Um, yeah, 
Now, obviously, total points doesn't, you know, some teams have had their buy and others haven't, but even so, fifth for total points is what we play for. We don't play for averages. Yes, um, good point. So, yeah, it's an astonishing effort from a 32-year-old key forward. Um, and we, we were saying that the age of key forwards, you know, this year at least, was uh, was over about six weeks ago, and he has just been in, yeah, astonishing form. Mm. Um, so, well done, Uh is he an 18th round keeper or is it crazy? <laughs> uh, I, I had the same question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he averages like 100 in the, the four times, like you gotta, you got to wonder. I think there's only one key forward that's ever done that really, right? Like consistently, and that's Buddy. Um, is Could you really consider Hawkins at 33? I think this has to be an anomaly, right? This has to be his best year and there's no way he can back this up next year. It's it's something about the way the game is played. About I don't know, but oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you can keep him, but gee, you'd want to have a you'd want to have a really good option other than him if you if you're not going to keep him. Mm. <laughs> Maybe Luke McDonald, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, he was a free agent. Yeah, I think Brett might have a few actually. All right, so well, all right. So as far as shutdowns go, I really struggled to find one because Brett's team just has been on fire the last three weeks. Um, so anyone I pick is probably going to be a little bit harsh. And the guy that I chose to pick on was Jackson Nelson. Um, not necessarily one of Glenn, uh, sorry, not one of uh, Brett's big names, um, but someone that was delivering some pretty good scores, and then over the last five has only coughed up a 53-point average. Um, just not really up to scratch in Brett's defensive line, and I think what he really needs is just to get another North defender in there, complete the set. <laughs> Do you have any specific suggestions? I don't even know who's available. Well, I'll look that up while you tell me your shutdown. My shutdown is um, Jaden Stephenson. Um, look, I I think he Ooh. was um, Brett's 18th round keeper. He was, yeah. Um, so he got 24 back in round 11, and then he managed to get himself dropped from that effort. Um, and I think he takes the cake as the worst 18th round keeper of the of the draft. Ooh, and that was that was against the Crows as well. Yep, 24 against the Crows when he kicked two goals. <laughs> uh, so he didn't do much else. Um, and got himself dropped, uh, as I said. So he, I uh, was watching on the couch the other night, and the experts on Fox seemed to think he uh, had something. You know, they didn't know, they didn't say, but they sort of speculated, you know, what's going on with him. He, he missed round one selection, um, controversially, round two as well. Um, and then, yeah, he hasn't been good this year at all. So what what is going on there? Is it a, is it a you know an off-field issue, a personal issue, or something like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very disappointing. But Brett won't mind that too much, the way his team's going. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I've just looked up some North defenders that uh, Brett could pick up, and he actually missed one on waivers this week. Uh, Marley Williams was there for the taking, but Shane got in... Um, well, yeah, did Shane get in before him? I think Shane got in before him, actually. Um, so there you go. Uh, still available, Josh Walker. There you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he's had had a couple of fifties in his last two games. Yeah, he's not actually the worst, um, no. considering that average includes a two uh, yes. within three. So, you know, could be worse. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, there you go, Brett. Complete the set. It'll be quite entertaining if Brett marches to the finals on the back of five North defenders, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, that's enough on Brett. Let's take us take us away with uh, a very unlikely fourth place team. You're right. The Lads and Larrikins. Uh, Barnes storming into the top four with three wins in a row. Uh Second for overall points, only 70 behind Brett across the three weeks. Wow. Um, he has defeated Millsy, Shane, and me, the three teams, uh, well, three teams that were sort of nipping at his heels, um, not so much now. Um, and that is five wins in a row for Cam. So obviously he's in terrific form. He's made finals. Um, and he's actually getting his overall total points up into the top six nearly. He's uh, seventh currently for total points, but he might actually edge into the top six by the end of the season. Um, so, <laughs> you <seem laughs> believing. I am. I really am. I, 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 I didn't think we would see the day. Um, it is Cam's first finals appearance that he's on the brink of making. Um, and especially when he was such a low-scoring team at the start of the season and um, probably made some trades that um, not everybody was too sure of. But yeah, he has worked his way in and um, he's backed it up the last three weeks, making him very worthy. Yeah. So do you think trading his best player was a good move? Taylor Adams. Uh... I'm not saying he didn't... You know, he got some good players back, but... I mean, we've discussed you know, we've discussed it, and 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 I think it hurts him for the remainder of finals. That's I, I would imagine. I, I would yeah. imagine that the three players that you got will out average the players that he has over the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, that's right. But you said it might it might save him, uh, or it might get him the win in round sixteen. So yeah, yeah, cool. Um, right. Well, as a shout out for young Cam, I had. Uh, Rory Laird, 139, back in round 11, which was the highest score of the year at that time. Uh, so I feel it deserves an honourable mention. Mm. But my overall shout-out for the three weeks is Travis Boak. Um, massive three weeks, 119, 90, and 100. Um, so it'd have to be one of the highest three-round averages in that time. So, um, yeah, I don't know where it's come from. He had 46 the week before those three. He had a 53, 5 weeks back but now he's obviously just back in form um maybe ebit being out helps i'm not sure but um yeah so really uh amazing form for boke uh despite port being maybe a little bit worse in the recent couple of games so um don't quote me on that i just feel like they're not as good as they were um yeah potentially yeah the number one ranked team but yeah sure well, they're number one on the ladder. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I believe Jules beat them by 10 goals, and then they, <laughs> they beat Hawks by only 10 points. So two weeks of uh, mediocre football. Probably depends where they're playing their football, really. Um, my shout-out went to... Uh, actually went to Jack Lukosius, um, who I think ah. has been hitting some really nice form. And he did have a 48 um, in round 11, but then 107 and an 87... Um, a five-round average of 77, and yeah, um, really good one to own. And almost a funny, almost funny looking back on it that Cam got him in round 20, 
you know, a second round pick in, in the draft and lots of hype about him, but um, maybe yeah. we didn't think he was necessarily going to, I don't know, maybe this wasn't going to be the year, but um, yeah, he's definitely... It's only his second season. Like, yeah, yeah. Probably thought third year breakout sort of thing, but in his second season, he's been one of their best players. Well, if this is his second season, wait for his third year breakout. Um, Cam's going to be enjoying that, and that'll be a round 18 keeper for him for um, for next year for sure, I would think. And yeah, I reckon he'll have a few more big scores to come in the next few weeks. And the next few years, yeah. yeah. He was described as a Nick Rewalt type, and I think uh, even though he's playing in the back line, I think it's clear why that comparison was made. So yeah, brilliant player. Definitely. Um, all right, do you have any um, shutdowns for him? Yeah, look, it's hard to find a shutdown when a team is going this well. So mm. I, I, I scoured every single player <laughs> in the last three weeks, and I found that he started an All-Australian, and that sounds like a good thing. Right. But it's actually the possible All-Australian fullback, Sam Collins, in round 11, <laughs> who scored 23. So that was fairly optimistic. Wait, this is amazing because I mentioned Sam Collins in Shane's roundup as a terrible option, <laughs> which means that after his 23, Shane picked him up for his 27. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very tempting option. Um, to be fair, he got 72 back in round nine, so I guess his ceiling is not that low. But yeah, look, he's a fullback. He averages 48. Like. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, he's making fun, unlike me. That's what he's doing. Yeah, that so. is, that's right. Um, I, didn't, I didn't actually have a shutdown for him. I also found it a bit difficult, so I'm glad you did the scouring for us. <laughs> All right, take away the next one. Sure thing. Uh, I shot the Sharon. Um, so Max's team crashed down to earth a bit the last three weeks because he was hit with two losses in round 11 and 12 and then finally had a win last round to right the ship a little bit um but yeah i bet no one would have predicted that uh three weeks later he would be equal on wins with cam so that's definitely been um a bit strange for him to have to deal with i'm sure we did mention that he had the least points scored against him when we did our last pod three weeks ago. And while well, things have corrected themselves a little bit, um, actually, I've got the honour of that now, Steve, would you believe? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, he came up against the juggernaut of Brett, which obviously added quite a lot to his uh, points against. And Max had a really had a week off that week, and it wasn't a bad time to have a week off. Um when it, and it really was he didn't have any injuries he didn't have just everyone sort of crapped the bed um it's one of his worst scores for the year fourth worst for the week um it was only eleven twenty, which is not bad in, in some standards um but yeah just a just quite a bad week jack Steele, sorry tim kelly darcy Byrne jones brett buley and walters all having not just bad games but their worst games of the season in that particular week um, so that probably explains a bit of Max's form. He'll be looking to bounce back a bit. He's still definitely in finals contention. And one of the guys that's got him there is my shout out, Zach Bailey, who, um, yeah, I've been wanting, wanting to mention for a couple of weeks now. Um, so here's my chance. And I just, um, I, I sort of questioned why Max was carrying him for a while back there. He averaged across his, uh, well, sorry, let me give you a rundown here. 
Max dropped him after his first two games where he got 51 and 56. He then picked him back up after he got his 61 versus Adelaide, and he held him through a 52 and a 35. His average at this point, Steve, was 49, and I think a lot of teams would let go of a player at that stage. Uh, that's when I questioned him, but I've become accustomed to uh, that often resulting in me looking like a fool uh, because since that point, he's averaged 80 points um, or a before times ton. So absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that his role obviously did change and he's played a lot more in the midfield. But I wonder how Max, if Max got lucky here, obviously he was patient and didn't drop him. But I just wonder if Max knew that role change was coming um, or saw signs of it or heard news about it or if it was actually just one of those fortuitous things where you hold a player because you have other things to do with your team and then they come good. Um, it'd be nice to know from Max if he, if he could give us a, an answer, uh, <laughs> an honest answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not just... Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the curious thing is that he actually dropped him. So he, you know, he was willing to let him go for a little while. Yeah. And then, yeah, 61 against the worst team isn't really that enticing, but maybe he saw something there that was just like, yep, this guy does still have the the talent that I drafted him for. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he's been really good, uh, like you said, for about six or eight weeks. So nice work for Max uh, keeping him there. Um, and he could be an 18th-round keeper, especially if he keeps his um, back status, I reckon, but he may not. Bit of a running theme we've got going on this episode, isn't it, Steve? We're mentioning all these 18th round keepers. Yeah, everyone just needs to listen to this in like <laughs> six months' time. Done their, <laughs> done their keepers for them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have an alternative uh, yes. out for him, um, but Bailey is very worthy. Um, so as I said, if Bailey keeps his back status, he's an 18th round keeper. If this guy who doesn't currently have forward status... If he got Ford status, then Josh Dacos would be very well worth considering. Um, so, I mean, I don't watch every Collingwood game. Um, they honestly don't play the most exciting football. Uh, so, you not, know, but not, they not, do not this season, play. at least, yeah. No, just they, yeah, and they do play. I mean, Jeremy Howe's gone, so it's pointless. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Josh Dacos, he's been kicking. A goal most weeks. Um, I'm not saying he's necessarily a forward, but if to me, I, I just kind of see that Dacos name and go, well, he must be playing in the forward line. Um, and he's kicking goals. So I reckon if he got FC at the start of next year, he'd be a really solid keeper, averaging 68 for the year, which is, uh, what's that? That's like 85. Hmm. Um, so that would be a really good forward. Um, so that's my shout-out for him, getting 71-75 the last two games. He had a quiet game against Adelaide, but We'll forgive him for that. Yeah, good point. Good point. So he's got a few options. Um, could, could even could even trade maybe. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, as to my shutdown, um, it actually goes to um, Tim Kelly, um, who I'm surprised to put in the shutdown column, but he's had a really poor last few games. Um, his last three were a 72, then a 49, and a 55. Um, just, just quite down on form. It's looking like. Uh, yeah. I have some insight on that, but go on. Oh please, because I I don't have any except that he's been scoring shit. So what's the reason, Steve? Well, his last two games, forty nine, fifty five. No Elliot Yo in the team, and Elliot Yo does all the hard work. Um, 
and does all the blocks, does all of the the one percenters that allows Tim Kelly to get the ball. So, wow. Yeah, right. Um, um, that is my theory anyway. Redden has also missed. I don't know. I think Redden's been more out on the wing, though, so I think it's more to do with Yo. Well, it could be Redden as well. He does a lot of defensive work um, on that Yeah, team. he's a good defensive runner, yeah. So, yeah, combination of the two of them maybe means um, more opposition attention, not that they weren't paying him attention, but... Mm. Um, yeah, that's my theory. Yeah, very we'll see good. see how we go. Very good point. Go this week. Yes. Tomorrow. Luckily for Max, those two guys are due back not to... Well, well, before finals at least, so he should be right. Indeed. Uh, all right, did you uh, shut down? I did. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones' last three games have been 58, 34, 51, and he has an average over 60, so he's been well off... Um, well off the pace mm. recently. But like you said, Max's team has just been a bit flat, uh, a bit mediocre. He's now, um, he was what, seventh points over the last three weeks, so just very mid, mid-table. mid So, um, yeah, there was probably a few sh- shutdowns I could have picked, but Darcy Byrne-Jones needs to lift in the back line. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, well... That's all I've got for that one. Do you want to take us away for the next one? Sure. All right. So, uh, I don't know. Was was Fritch and Cripps named this last episode? It's, it's, it's uh, no. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like it's a long time ago, but I think it was at the beginning of that three-week period that we're covering. So, yeah, new team name. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think we talked about options in that episode, maybe. Um, so, Fritch and Cripps, uh, a little bit of a tongue twister. Um <laughs> I like it. And he didn't go to Fisher and Chips. Fisher and Crips, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes. Another option. Uh, but anyway, Rich and Crips uh, going pretty well, um, very well even. Um, they went two and one over the last three games. They they scored, uh, Nick's team scored third most points across the three, um, beat Max, which was probably deciding the, the buy, uh, the second place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was huge. Uh, beat Sahil, uh, obviously, and obvious, uh, and then just in the the week just gone, went down to Brett by a uh, you know an acceptable seventy odd point margin uh, when Brett's in such good form. Yeah. Um, if we had recorded last week, that matchup was my feature matchup with the two top scorers from the previous two weeks, um, and we both we both did our tips um, and tipped Brett in that one, so we were we were spot on. Um, Yay! But, <laughs> yeah. You did well in the tipping. Um, you got five out of six. Oh, we'll get so, into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next team. Uh, it does pain me a little bit to give this shout out, but Zane, Dane Zorko. I always do that. Uh, <laughs> Dane Zorko has shown why I took him in the first round with 115, 107, and 81 in his last three weeks. Really mm. good form um, after that, a little hiccup after I traded him and I got Rocky. Um, but Zorko has shown that the class and quality that he has, and he's obviously over his Achilles issue from early in the year. So that's my shout-out for Nick. Did you have one? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, Zocco's been in hot form. Um, I had one for the guy that is uh, features in his team name now, because I think it's been incredible that Bailey Fritch, over the first... Uh, well, basically, before Nick changed his team name, the guy was averaging 52 and not looking like a very good rounding team keeper at all. And then since he's made this switch, 
the guy has hit 73, 74, and 74. Incredibly consistent. And yeah, suddenly just hit amazing form just as Nick decided to name his team after him. Um, oh. So pretty incredible. And he's kicked five goals, seven in that time. So he's uh, left some points out there too. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. So maybe more to come. Yeah, I, look, I know Nick was very disappointed with Critch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, with Fritch. He, d- he did say it's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, Fritch is, is, is difficult. Um, he was very disappointed with Fritch. Uh, <laughs> what's that funny? It's just that it's a tongue twister for you. Fritch and Crips. Oh, yeah, Fritch. Um, yeah, <laughs> Crips and Crips. Um, because Fritsch was uh, playing as more of a backman last year um, yeah. and scored quite well. And he obviously moved forward, pretty much has been forward all year this year and yeah. hasn't really scored that well. Um, but he's stayed up forward and he's just, uh, Melbourne's obviously played better, delivered him more ball, he's taken more marks. He got 10 marks last week. That's nothing to sniff at. So, um, <laughs> yeah. A really fun that stat is- line, right? 12 kicks, 10 marks, zero handballs. Yeah, oh, yeah, fantasy gold. Um, if only it's a little straighter. Mm. Um, but yeah, that is a good one for Nick. Um, in terms of a shutdown, mm-hmm. I would say uh, my shutdown was from round twelve, so it doesn't make sense now. Oh. It was just the fact that Braden Maynard randomly got thirty-four, but you know he then got one hundred and seventeen the week after to sort of make up for it. Um, but yeah, really, really. <laughs> Just 117, yeah, no no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, to go from 34 to 117 is is unusual. Um, but in terms of a shutdown that actually makes more sense... Um, I've got one. Tom Papley's really dropped off. That's, that's the one. <laughs> yep, he's really dropped off. He's actually hardly kicked a goal recently. Um, he, he hasn't, yeah, one of his last three. Yeah. So, I don't know, uh, obviously, form fluctuates. Uh, I guess Papley's the one that Nick might have to bench if he has any better options, which he may not. And it's really killing Nick in the Coleman race, which we'll, oh. which we'll talk about a bit later. Yeah, well, we'll be there soon. So, that's all I had for Nick. Did you have, uh, or did you want to move on to talking about your own team? I'd love to talk about my own team. Yeah, uh, Papley was mine as well, the uh, Pap Smear. And maybe that coincides with him taking him out of his team name. Who knows? Oh, um, it does. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Spooky. Yeah. Uh, so all he has to do is try and find a way to incorporate as many of his players into his team name as possible, and he's golden. That is a good idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise you come up with something pretty ridiculous. Yeah, indeed. All right, so let's talk about the number one team on the ladder. Still there, thankfully, after the last three weeks. The seven-year titch. And three from three, baby. Um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good for me, but I'll freely admit that I was pretty lucky to get away with some of these wins. Um, in round 12, I was outscored by five teams, and in round 11, six other teams outscored me. But I did happen to run into two teams that got completely devastated by injuries and horrible luck just as they faced me. So I can only hope that that trend continues rolling all the way into finals. Uh, We bounced back last week, though, with a 13-40, which is our second best effort for the year. And a number one seed in finals looks pretty much sewn up. Uh, So I'm pretty happy about that. 
and setting my sights on those. Now, I think the big thing for me, Steve, is that I've managed to do all of this without my main man, Max Gorn. So, mm. um, some might say that no Gorn, no seven-year titch. You know what? I'm probably like 60 or 70 points worse off without him. Um, and that kind of leads into my shutdown, which is <laughs> Ned McHenry for being a little prick and knocking about Max Gorn. Oh. <laughs> You're giving a shutdown about a team completely not in your team. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Don't touch Max Gorn. Um, I'd like a AFL investigation to ban everyone that tries to be a little Ned McHenry um, from now on in. Honestly, and... if Ned McHenry's causing you injuries, you, you have other things to worry about. <laughs> you can go to the gym a bit more, like... He's a 74 kilogram little pocket rocket. Um, yeah, maybe Melbourne should have managed. You saw the video footage, I'm sure. Uh, what's he doing? He's clearly. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was playing NFL football. Yeah, gotcha. He could have had a week off. They played on Wednesday yeah. that game. Hundred meters uh, off the he... ball. I just, I just love bumping people's shoulders, uh, knock him to the ground. <laughs> Uh, tiny, tiny little guy like him knocking Big Max. Yeah, whatever. It's not on. Anyway, Max is back for me, hopefully this week. And so I hope my scores go even higher. Um, but I'll, I'll put down a proper shutdown if you like, um, which is a little hard to do. Um, I, I, I do actually find this a little bit difficult to, to find a proper one. Um, Jack Bytel is someone that I started a couple of times and I'm just giving him a shutdown for being totally fantasy irrelevant because he had a game <laughs> where he had zero kicks and 13 handballs, the exact opposite <laughs> of what you want. Um, so yeah, that's mine. Do you have a, <laughs> do you have a better one? Uh, yeah, slightly marginally better. Um, I will give you a shout out for doing so well and winning three games in a row without <laughs> Matt Thorne. I was going to actually praise you for that. Thank you. Um, and I was going to say, it's particularly noteworthy because, I mean, yeah, sure, you're out, you're out your first ruckman, like, and he's a good player, but this is particularly noteworthy because your three ruck scores have combined for 83 points <laughs> with uh, a 35, a 48, and a donut. <laughs> and a deliberate one at that, which I love because it was against <laughs> my hill. Um, we picked up McAvoy to stop you getting him, which, you know, good gamesmanship, but uh, didn't make much difference. So... You know, I'm really impressed uh, that you managed to get an average of 28 from your Ruckman across three weeks and still win com- convincingly. Um, and at least one really good score in that time. So, well done. Yeah, I, was, uh, I wasn't exactly ex- expecting it. Um, what was my... Uh, how did I sit in terms of points scored across the oh, three? Oh, you're fifth. You're fifth. Okay. Um, so, obviously, that, that bigger score, the 1340, lifted you a little bit. Um, but, yeah, fifth is okay. Um, maybe fortunate to get three wins, as you said. Mm. Um, all right. So my, my shutdown, I think we talked about this, um, on, uh, previously, but it was just the fact that you benched Perryman in round 12 and you started Cunningham. They played in the same game. Right. I did do that. Yep. Which, to be honest, like, okay, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I did find it a little bit strange because Perryman had a significantly higher average at the time, um, and, and still does. So, do you remember why? Oh, uh, absolutely. It, it was a matchup based play. I knew that defenders generally scored well against GWS. 
Um, but unfortunately, it's kind of like um, what's happened with Sam Doherty, where Sydney played well, and that meant that yeah. the game wasn't in their back half, and Cunningham, yeah, just didn't get it. Fair enough. So I assume Lloyd and Mills had poor games as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe just Cunningham being shit. Okay. Um, all right, and this is a guy you're trying to trade to me. Okay, cool. Uh, but, right. but, I mean, bounced back with a 76 last week, so, you know, everyone's entitled to a down game, aren't they? They sure are. All right, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well, that was my shutdown, and, and Vitel obviously was a bit disappointing, but you get that when you're picking up random debutante centres, as you... Which, which as you, you know a lot about. To me. Yes. yes you, you got that point across. Um, All right, I'm gonna. So, f- so we'll finish on a shout out for me. Um, that's the way I like to roll. Uh, and mine uh, is Tom Mitchell. T- the Titch is back. The seven year Titch. Uh, we've talked about people that your team name is that feature in your team name. Um, he's doing it proud, and he's you know taking a little while to get rolling, but suddenly uh, yeah he's averaging thirty disposals a game across the last four. He's been slowly building. He's shaping up nicely for finals. His five-game average at the moment is 102, um, which is pretty massive. I think it's uh, only behind two guys, one of which is Luke McDonald. Um, but, um, yeah, is uh, very happy with him. Yeah, good call. Um, yeah, found form at the right time, so very good. All right, we should move on to... Hey, the... you have to give me a shout-out. Oh. Oh, my shout out was how well how well you did without Max Gorn. That oh, was I see. Impressive. Right. Okay. Right. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a single player. No. It was just amazing. An, o- well an overall played. team effort. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's what, yeah. what we are. We're a unified front. Um, yeah. And I'll compliment Mitchell um, as well. <laughs> off to him. Um, and Ridley, and they've all been good. That's that's why you're on top. That's all right. I wasn't fishing. I mean, I was a little bit, but you know, it's, <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on to, um, I think my segment is next, where I talk about free agents. Nice. Uh, all right, so, all right, let me let me go through this. We've got three rounds to cover, um, studs and duds across the three. So we'll go back to round 11, where we had an average of 49 uh, across all the free agents that were picked up. There were only six guys that went above that magical pass mark of 60, um, which is not not too high and just generally I guess uh, the waiver wire has been obviously depleted quite a bit but there was a standout dud amongst all of those and it was Tim Broomhead who was picked up by Max started for a 22 he played his first game in about 800 days or so and he'll probably have to wait that long for another one after that performance uh, but true <laughs> um, oh no, no, no! That was my honourable mention. He was actually uh, someone else did worse than that. It was Liam Ryan, started by Glenn for twenty points. Um, oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, my stud, the stud though for the week. Well, there's an honourable mention to your boy Sean Darcy. Um, unfortunately, you weren't going to start him over Brody Grundy, but he did get a nice eighty-two for you on your bench in round eleven. Um, but there was a Ruckman that did... Sorry? He did beat Grundy. (laughs) He did beat Grundy, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, that would have been a hell of a move on your behalf. But there was a Ruckman that did even better than him. Would you believe it's 
Darcy Cameron, uh, who Nick loopholed in for a big 87 points, the stud free agent of the week. All right, round 12 saw our the average of free agents plummet to 45, which is our worst yet. Um, there were just so many stinkers, and it's getting harder to find gold in the trash pile. Um, Steve, uh, you wisely had, this is for the duds, a 17 and a 22 as your emergencies, which were Motlop and Wix. Hmm. You might as well have an emergency, though. I mean, better than zero. <laughs> true, true. And they didn't have to count for you, so... Can't um can't give you the dud for that one. Surprisingly, actually, um, I had to comb through quite a few picks. Um, a lot of players uh, weren't started or were emergencies, so teams weren't too silly. And it actually surprised me that the dud of the week was Tom McDonald for Kieran, um, who I didn't think was a bad pickup at all, but he got him only 39 points, and that's the dud free agent for the week. The stud... On the other hand, is a honourable mention for me for leaving Jack Graham on my bench for 75 points. Um, I was tossing up between him and someone else, and I made uh, a really bad call there. Um, but the actual stud then becomes Jamie Elliott, who redeemed Max's Collingwood bias from the week before with Broomhead, and he got him 72 points. Pretty good. Very Coming good. Coming back from three two, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, round 13 then. So the average across free agents was 45 again. Um, so, yep, uh, it's just sifting through turds right now. And we actually only had uh, four players score over 60, which is our worst yet. Um, only four startable scores out of everyone out there. And there were a lot of free agents picked up as well. Um, there were some, uh, there were, were quite a few eligible duds. Um, the honourable mention goes to Gary Rowan, who was the number one waiver wire pick, uh, and off the back of two monster games, he had the Adelaide Crows. I mean, what could go wrong, Steve? Regression <laughs> to the mean. <laughs> exactly. We've said it a million times, but I mean, oh, it's just, it's one of the I reasons... What's that? Against the Crows. I don't think anyone could have seen this coming against no, the Crows. absolutely not. Um yeah. Tom Hawkins stole a lot of the goals, I guess. But no, you wouldn't see a 20 coming with only one goal. And it's just one of those reasons why I can never trust key forwards. You know, like the matchups just... You can't follow them enough. Yeah. No. yeah. Um, But that wasn't the dud of the week. The dud of the week was someone that has or was the dud just two weeks ago for the same person. Um, dropped and then picked up again Liam Ryan. For Glenn, <laughs> scoring 17 points. Worse, even worse than he's 20 <laughs> just two weeks ago. <laughs> you know, we got a 70 in between, though. I know, and he dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get his 70. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Um, he hasn't dropped him yet, actually, so we'll see if he keeps rolling with him. But, um, yeah, definitely one of the worst scores um, uh, of, of the season. And arguably, he actually could have been his loophole. So with that erratic scoring history, especially. Um, all right. On to the stud. So it could have been Cam with uh, Rotham, 
but he actually dumped him a few days after picking him up off waivers and he got 82 points which helped no one as he sat there locked out from anyone picking him up and mm. steve sometimes with cam i feel like there's multiple personalities fighting for control because <laughs> <laughs> he'll pick up these guys and then he'll dump them a few days later and it's like <laughs> it's never certain what's going on just I think it was just this week, or last week actually, he picked up Jack Revolt off of waivers, then he dropped him at 1am, and then he picked up the next morning at 9am. <laughs> like... <laughs> this does make sense, this theory, because I didn't say during our trade chat, but he offered me like 30 different permutations of trades. Like I barely even answered one option before he's on to the next. I'm like, wait a sec, let me think about that one, you know? So, Yeah. Maybe we should ask who we're speaking to. Which version of Cam is this today? Uh, yeah. Um, Alright. So, what were, my, what were my other studs? Where was I? The studs. Yes, yeah, so Max had Adam, Adam Kennedy picked up, who got 75, but he didn't play him. So, for the first time, I think, uh, this season, Steve, the person that got our dud has also got our stud. Glenn redeemed himself a little bit with Jake Carlisle getting him 74 points. Stud pick of the week. Nice. <laughs> there you go. There's still hope yet. Um, all right. So that wraps up our free agency for the last three rounds. Um, I'll just briefly touch on the Coleman before we get over to our previews. Um, this is something that I haven't really talked about for the last five weeks. Um, I'll post it up on the group, but it's been quite interesting, Steve. Um, when we last left Coleman Watch, Nick seemed to be running away with it. Um, but shockingly, there's been a turn of events, and he's only managed to score 30 goals in the last five, which is which is the third worst. And you'll never guess who's leading the way. Uh, Alec? Uh, it is... Not Alec. It's actually he's, he's actually equal with Nick. Um, it's more shocking than Alec. Um, it is. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Cam, this is going well. I don't know. If, if oh, you... Brett. No, 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 no. These would not be shocking. Brett's been doing great. Who's a terrible team? If you oh, think of terrible Sahil. teams, who comes to mind? Sahil. Sahil has somehow rocketed to the top of the Coleman ladder, despite <laughs> never even fielding a full team. <laughs> He's had an amazing last five weeks. Um, he scored 50 goals across that time. Um, and yeah, uh, he might actually be able to win one thing this season, so that would be nice for him. Um, but yeah, I'll post, up, I'll post up the full ladder online, and uh, everyone can have a look at that. Uh... It, it almost makes me wonder if you actually don't accidentally put like a, a, a typo in there or like a wrong, you know, fat fingered or something. Oh, I've triple checked it. I I was as shocked as you were. Really? Wow. Across five weeks, he got 50 goals. Is that what you said? That's right. That's right. Um, I mean, he does start a lot of goal kickers. That's the thing. Like, it is the one thing he has going for him. Um, Mitch Wallace kicked just kicked four goals just last week. And then he had a really big f- haul in round nine with 15 goals. I'm just going to check who was getting them for him there. Uh, Mitch Wallace with three. Um, and then it's midfielders. Side bottom, Jack Martin, Isaac Smith, two apiece. Levi Casbolt got three in that week. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, All right. so there you go. Um, doesn't obviously Coleman doesn't obviously translate to winning the league because um, I'm actually sitting second from the bottom. <laughs> Your love of keyboards is uh, clear. I All scored I scored one last week, which is the worst out of anyone. No one's got a zero yet. Um, wow. Yeah. One goal out of a thirteen forty. That's actually pretty impressive. I I suspect most. Oh, sorry. Round twelve. Goals. Round twelve. That was. Oh, round twelve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, so we'll run through some previews. Yes. Uh, I will just preview the feature matchup and then just get your tips uh, for all of the matchups. So the feature matchup for round 14 is Gunston checks in versus Cornflakes. Now, this is sixth versus seventh. Um, I think at most one of these teams can make finals. Um, so obviously it's all on the line. Particularly for Millsy, um, because because of the way the the cookie crumbles that Shane has Sahil in the last round, um, so yeah, Millsy has to win this match. Now, looking at the ins and outs, uh, huge buy round uh, timing for Millsy because he has lost his best player, Lockie Neal. Mm. So. Obviously, that costs him a few points. Yes, it's best 16 scoring, but it probably costs him 30 or 40 points at least. Um, and he has Grant Virtual on by, not such a big loss. He also is carrying the injured Redden, who didn't come back uh, in teams tonight. And he will be hoping that Aaron Hall gets an unexpected recall, because otherwise he uh, is looking a little bit thin in, uh, in some lines there. So uh, Shane, on the other hand... He is almost at full strength, and he probably will be if Daniel Rich can come back from his soreness. Um, so he is, of course, carrying Heaney as a keeper, but really in terms of the players available, um, I would say Shane's at full strength. Mm. He, he's obviously got his trade-ins at Duncan and Green, um, which you know I, I think are just a bit stronger than Millsy's, Shields, and Giannis. And so I actually have Shane winning this one in a close one. He, tipping him to get back into that uh, coveted sixth spot. How do you see it? Jesus, yeah. Um, you made a pretty strong case there for Shane, um, and it's really hard to go past him when, yeah, Ian, Ian has obviously got those outs. Locking Neil in this week. Oh, that is massive. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Shane's got some really... He's got some guys that are going to go big, and it's only, it's only best of 16 this week so there's only two guys dropping out um so it's not as impactful um a bye week as usual but um yeah i can't go past shane he's damn yeah shane might make finals damn (laughs) (laughs) i really say that because of the trade that he made which makes his team very scary to face in finals so you know personally i'd much rather face millsy in finals than i would shane Ah, all right. Well, fair enough. Um, so we'll just run through the other games, get your tips. Uh, me versus you. I will back myself with Max Gorn back at the helm. Yeah, I will back you as oh, well. Of course. <laughs> the, so the smart money is. All right, yeah, go on. Um, yeah. Kieran versus Cam. Kieran versus Cam. It has to be... Look, I have the hot form, Cam. 
yeah, both in good form, but I'll go Cam as well. And just, uh, I like uh, uh, Kieran's new in, Joe Danaher there, making a miracle uh, return, uh, which uh, he got in on quite early, actually. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. Like the week before. The week before, it? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also picked him up in July when there was that first little whisper of him coming back soon, which means obviously he's been tracking the news for a while. And, um, yeah, look, I, I, I definitely am tipping Cam here because Kieran's team is so reliant on Adelaide Crows. Yes. He has Trout, Brody Smith, Riley O'Brien. He's got the injured Jake Yogo Ramira. So, yeah, um, Prestia as well. So, yeah, easily Cam here. Um, mm. All right, I shot the Sharon versus Lock It In. I shot the Sharon. It's pretty much a walkover yeah, at this point. I think the rest are Nick versus Alec. Uh, yep, Nick. And Brett versus Sale. Yeah, he's easily Brett. Um, and I'll just tell you his projected score right now is 1,408. He's, he's <laughs> in great form, that's for sure. He is. All right, so, I mean, we've, we've tipped six the same there. I'll give you an update. Last week you got five, I got four, because you tipped Cam and I tipped me, so that will show me. Um, so that brings us to an overall points tally of just one tip difference oh. made up. A little bit of ground over the last few weeks. Ooh, we just won behind. It's going to be a tight so, finish. It will be. And obviously we all have tipped the same this week because it's so obvious. But, I mean, that Shane versus Millsy one definitely can go either way. Um, but we are agreeing on that one. Um, I was just going to say, I <laughs> yeah. want to put out there that I believe there's only four teams that can beat, uh, can win this year um, in the league. Okay. Um, Let's hear it. Yep. So the four... the the four that I've picked out are you, Nick, Cam, and Brett. Wow. Okay. Not Max, not Ian, not Shane. Interesting that you haven't picked Shane in there after the uh, Duncan Green trade. Yeah. I I still think that it's uh it's not enough to to make yeah a big enough difference um, where his team was at um, with all those injuries earlier in the year. I, I just don't don't think it's enough. Um, but you know, I'm not necessarily saying those four teams will be the top four because of the way the the fixture works. Um, mm-hmm. May not even be possible because you know Brett might play Cam in the first week, um, fourth versus fifth potentially. So I'm not saying that's my top four. I'm just saying I think those four teams have got the high enough ceiling, mm-hmm. the consistent form, the good form currently. Um, not carrying too many injured players. Obviously, that could change hugely in the next two weeks. I could be, you know, completely proven wrong. But right now, those are the four teams that look like they can win it. And I, I just think Max's team's in uh, in a funk. It's just it's just mediocre, like the pies at the moment. Um, and yeah, I think Shane's just got too much ground to make up. So we'll see how it pans out. What's um, yeah, what's what sort of led you to 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 come to this conclusion? Like, uh, what's, oh, like, what's I guess yeah. form lines and yeah. just looking at, yeah, just recent performances and, and injuries and that sort of thing. Um, the, the effect of the trades is sort of still a bit open. Um, like, Duncan and Green, obviously, are good ins, but Green has a propensity to miss games. Um, you know, uh, who, who did he, what midfielder did he trade out? Selwood. Yeah. You know, Duncan is obviously going to outscore Selwood um, by, you know, a good 10, 20 
15 yeah. points. But like, if you say, well, these two players get him 40 points a game, mm-hmm. is 40 points the difference between where he's been and where he needs to be? I think it'll be a bit more than 40, but I follow your your logic there. And yeah, I mean, he was a team that was averaging quite low. He was hitting like 1100s before. But also keep in mind that he, uh, Shane has had Batchahuli now come back. Um, he's got rid mm. of... Um, he's, he's also done that other trade where he's got Mark Murphy in um, and, uh, you know, a few other players. So I think there is quite a bit of... Uptick. Still some upside, yeah. yeah. I mean, Murphy for Kennedy is obviously a, a downgrade, but yeah, he's got Rich in um, if he's fit. Um, so, I mean, he's obviously not playing this week. I think I might have mentioned Rich in the preview, but uh, he's obviously on bye this week. So he should come back the week after. Um, All right, you know so... what? I'll, I'll, I'll do a top four as well, um, just yeah. to... Just to play ball with you, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Shane in there. So I think if Shane makes finals, I think Shane has a shot at um, winning. And I agree pretty much with your other guys. So I have to take someone out, and I think it'll probably have to be, oh, man, it's it's a toughie. Um, but I think it's gonna have to be Cam, um, just as the, oh, just I, I guess he's only really hit that form recently. Um, so whether or not it can keep up all the way through finals, and I do think that his latest trades have hurt him for the last two finals uh, games. So, yeah, I'll, I'll make that call. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, that'll be good to see who gets further, Cam or Shane, because, yeah, I think the other three are unquestionably contenders all right. But that sort of leads us nicely into where we'll probably be when we'll be recording our next podcast, um, whether we record one next week or not. But um, we will have a finals preview coming up very shortly because in two weeks we'll know exactly who our finalists are. Um, and, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be quite exciting. And uh, we'll give everyone a good wrap when we do that one. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch on, Steve, before we uh, call it a close? No, I think we've gone long enough. Yes. Amazing, <laughs> amazing effort for anyone who made it through the possible two-hour-long feature-length episode. Uh, big recap. Best of luck for your last uh, couple of matches. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Catch you later.